Good morning on this Wednesday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets. Food for thought and for the imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we were in the book of Hebrews. And we were reading about Jesus, or studying about Jesus. How he, for us, and uh, for you and me, was able to provide the life that was in him so that it would be imparted into us, that we would be partakers of it. We may mention that the Apostle Paul, in the book of First Second Corinthians, in chapter 5, in verses uh, uh, 16 and 17, that the scripture makes mention very clearly that if uh, any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. But there was something else also that we learned, uh, and that is that we don't know, Paul did not know Jesus according or after the flesh, and we don't know Jesus according to or after the flesh. The true knowing comes in the relationship. The relationship of expressing ourselves as sons unto the Father, and the Father expressing himself unto us as sons. Now, in the scripture, in the book of John, chapter 1, verse number 12, it says, But as many as received him, as many as received him, to them gave he the authority. The word therefore power is the word exousia in the Greek, and it means to give authority. Versus the word power, dunamis, and that word means like miracle working power. The power that comes from the Holy Spirit. So, let's look at it again. But as many as received him, to them gave he power, authority, to become the sons of God. See, we are, the moment we are born again, we are the children of God. All children must mature, must develop, must grow must undergo a process of development that they attain so that they can reach uh, maturity or adulthood, as we would say it. And uh, you cannot skip that step. You cannot be a baby and then the next breath and second be a full adult. It is a process. Well, the scripture here mentions clearly that as many as received him, that means we that have repented of our sins, we've asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our lives, and he has come into our hearts, and the Spirit of God has imparted the very life nature of Jesus into us, that eternal life. As it has been imparted into us, that very life begins to guide us through the power of the Holy Spirit, begins to lead us, to teach us. That very life that was in the Son is the very life that the Father also had imparted unto the Son. It was in the Son. He has given life unto the Son also. 
and to as many as Jesus wills and wants, he also gives that life, and he also reveals and unveils the Father. So as many as received him, gave he them the authority to be and come to pass the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name. So we know that this is talking about believers. The word believe is an action word there. It is also sometimes translated faith. Uh, the word believe there, to trust on his name. The only way we can trust on his name and believe on his name is that we develop a relationship with him and we grow as we are infused and partake of that divine nature. Now, that divine nature is expressed in the relationship of a son to a father. We all have fathers here on earth. It's impossible for us to be here without a father. But our fathers here on earth are not always able to provide and protect and to be present for us in our time of hour and need. It doesn't mean that they're... Uh, uh, perfect or imperfect, it just means that there is a limit to what they can do. Many have had very good fathers and very many good memories of their fathers. Others, the opposite. Others have had guiding fathers that the person is who they are because of what the fathers, their fathers helped them to be. Well, we have a heavenly father. Jesus came and he manifested and he showed us who the father was. The apostles, they saw the manifestation of the life that was in Jesus, the life of the father. They saw that life manifested. Now, the prophets, on the other hand, they preached about the coming of Jesus. They preached about uh, certain things of the present and the past and the future that either nations or people were going to be experiencing. But Jesus did not come and do that. He came and he allowed the life of the Father to speak through him to those that heard. He allowed the life of the Father to be manifested so that they could see and they could handle uh, that life in the book of first John in chapter one, verses one, two, and three, we see an explanation of that, that in Christ was life and that life was manifested and they saw that life. They handled that life. They, uh, uh, touched that life. If we could say it in that way, it says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. Of course, that is also in the book of uh, John in chapter 1, in verse number 14, 
that the scripture says in him was life. And that life was the light of men. So let's continue. And we have handled of the word of life. Verse number two. For the life was manifested. And we have seen it. And we bear witness and show unto you that eternal life. Which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. And that which we have seen and heard we declare unto you. That you may also have fellowship. There's the relationship we talked about with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus jesus is the only one that can manifest unto us the father there is no one else that can manifest the father only the son so what do we do we go back to john chapter 1 verse 12 but as many as received him, to them, uh, let's say it this way, Jesus demonstrated and gave the authority to be able to enter into the same relationship that he had with the Father of having that life manifested in them and through them to others even to those that believe on his name. I would like to uh, express it in that manner, only for the simple reason is because there's no one else that can manifest and demonstrate that relationship except Jesus. He demonstrated it to his disciples. They saw it. We read about it in the Gospels, but it is only in Spirit and in truth that we begin to experience that life as we walk in that relationship, as we fellowship, as we commune with him. We learn that the Heavenly Father speaks. We learn that the Heavenly Father disciplines. We learn that the Heavenly Father encourages. We learn that the Heavenly Father edifies. We learn that the Heavenly Father loves. The Heavenly Father cares for his children. And as they are on their way to maturity and developing and growing to become sons, it's a son that is a partaker of the inheritance. It's a son that is a sharer of Whatever glory, whatever power, whatever God has and is with those that mature. You don't entrust the powers of heaven to someone that is a novice and has not developed the faithfulness, the trustworthiness of God in his life first. So, as we continue to look at it, Jesus did and had that special relationship with the Father that he manifested by the things that he both said and did. Of course, when we read that uh, prayer 
in the book of John, in chapter 17, his priestly prayer, we find that Jesus said, I have manifested your name unto them. Uh, they have believed on you. And many are going to believe on you through their preaching and through their word. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manner spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. There is so much that is only unveiled and revealed in the Old Testament. The writings of the prophets, the writings of Moses, the Psalms, and everything else. They speak of many things. But the relationship between a father and a son, the relationship of that imparted life of Jesus as he received it of the father and then laid down his life and then by the power of the spirit of God was raised up. And now that same life, that eternal life, is residing in an eternal body, a glorified, resurrected body. That same life we are made partakers, sharers of. And what that life did in Jesus, that life will do in us as we allow him to. It says in verse number 2 of Hebrews 1-2, he has in these last days spoken unto us by his son, or has spoken unto us by sonship, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now there's something interesting we have to understand, that in the book of Galatians, in chapter number 4, as we look at it, the scripture outlines how we go through the process of sonship. This is what it says. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. But he is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were under or were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, so that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son. There's that spirit of sonship so that we can walk as Jesus walked. We can be overcomers as he was overcomer. We can be victorious and triumphant as he was. He has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We are no more servants, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. There you have it.
As we mature and develop, we enter into the sonship relationship that Jesus based his life on with his heavenly father. Even at the age of 12, we hear the scripture in that he said, I must be about my father's business. The relationship existed, but when he was empowered by the Holy Spirit at his baptism, now he had both authority and power to manifest the life of the Father in its fullness. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination in Jesus' name. Amen.